All right, hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Second City Church online. So glad you're joining us today. My name is Cole Parlier. I'm associate pastor here at the church along with lead pastor Roland Fisher. And I'm very excited to talk to you today about a message that has been on my heart for a while now. And we're gonna talk about something that all of culture talks about. We're gonna talk about love. So guys, get ready as we talk about love in the life of a believer. So my prayer is that when we are finished today, you'll have a concrete standard for love, not as defined by the culture, but as defined by God. And that you'll be able to build a life of eternal significant significance and success based on God's love and not things that are falsely called love. So guys, before we go into the Word of God and we look at what God says about love, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus Christ to teach us about love. And Lord, I say even go beyond teaching us, but let us in this moment by the power of your Holy Spirit experience love that is straight from your throne room, God. So I ask now that our hearts will be ready to receive and be set free and to grow in the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, guys, so when you hear the word love, what comes to mind? If you're like most people, you probably don't have just one thing come to mind because you're hearing all these different things described as love in the culture around you, in your family, in politics, uh, even at churches, wherever it is. So we're going to look and see what God says about love. Now, this is not the way it should be. We should be able to think about love and just have one standard set before us. But because of the enemy of our souls, there is confusion about this. Now, this is because we are surrounded by counterfeits and half-truths regarding love. These counterfeits come from many different sources. All right, some of these sources are overtly sinister, demonically inspired, while others are just simply people who are confused or they're hurt, and they're just perpetuating the cycle that they have fallen prey to. There are both at stake. But I want to share with you something that was shared with me a while back, and I want to share with you a dollar. Hopefully you can see it. Do you see it? Okay. You probably can't see it super clearly, but this is a real dollar. I heard somebody say one time, the way that you come to know that a dollar is real and not counterfeit is not by studying or spending your time with counterfeit uh, dollars, but it's by studying the genuine thing. So today we're gonna look at the genuine dollar, so to speak, genuine love that is straight from God. And we are going to be able to discern moving forward what is counterfeit and what is not. Okay, so, so let's spend a little time studying what God has said in his written word, the Bible, um, because that is where all truth about God is found and about his gift of genuine love. So we're gonna go to 1 John chapter 4, verses seven through 21. Now, before we even go there, for some of you that are new with us, you're brand new to the faith, you're saying, well, what is 1 John? Who is John? Okay, so 1 John is a letter that was written by John the Apostle. Now, John was one of the 12 apostles that walked with Jesus during his entire earthly ministry. And some things to denote about John, which make him uh, qualified 
uh, to talk about love is that he was uh, denoted as the beloved disciple in the Gospels. So he had a deep understanding of God's love as he walked with Jesus for him, and he would have it for other people. So now he walked with Jesus during, during his entire earthly ministry, firsthand witnessing love, faith, wisdom, all these attributes of God in action. And he's the disciple whom Jesus entrusted to take care of his mother Mary at the cross. So that says something about Jesus' confidence and trust in this man that we're about to learn from. He, along with Peter, was, was uh, one of uh, two, which was the other one was Peter, of the first disciples who actually saw Jesus' empty tomb. So his love motivated him to go and be one of the first that were there. And then he wrote the Gospel of John. Um, and then the letters, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And then he also wrote Revelation. So he's got plenty of experience for us to learn from today. Okay, now who was he writing to in the letter of 1 John? So he was writing to Christians who were falling prey to this false religion of Gnosticism and other schisms, which were perversions of the true Christian faith as delivered from the apostles. Now, why was he writing this letter to them? Well, John is writing to remind them of the truth of God's love versus other loves that is found in Jesus Christ. He was writing to remind them who Jesus is and that what Jesus has done and is doing to not only save, but to redeem and to keep us. He wants the readers to stand firm in the truth that they may be confident on the day of judgment when Christ returns that they will be saved because they have recognized his love for them. So he was always talking about love over and over and over. I mean, this is what Jesus said when people asked him, you know, what do we, what do we need to do? What's the, the two most important laws, the commandments? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law was summed up in love. So we really need to know what love is. Okay. Now, um, I love the way that the ESV study Bible sums up the entire letter. Now we're only going to go and read uh, part of chapter four, but it sums up the entire letter of 1 John this way. It says, the letter is not a list of do's and don'ts, but rather a manifesto of done echoing Jesus on the cross when he declared, it is finished. So that is our foundation that we're working from. The love of God says, it is finished. It is not a list of do's and don'ts. So going on from there, let's go to the scripture. All right, 1 John 4, 7 through 21 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, which means the atonement, making us right with God for our sins. Beloved, there we go, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him, and he in God. 
So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, meaning as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Pretty clear there. <laughs> For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. All right, guys, that was 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Now, what are the concrete things God is imparting to us in his word today? So what we know that God is saying that he wants to impart to us as a church today is that to give God's genuine, pure love, not a counterfeit love, but the real thing, you must first have received it. Now, three times, just in chapter 4 of 1 John, John says, beloved, talking to those that he's writing to. So, we must know that we are beloved. Do you know that God has loved you when you didn't ask for it, when you didn't deserve it? Have you received that one-way kind of love that only he can give to you? He wants you to. Now, you must personally know in an experiential way God's holy and pure love for you. There is no replacement for experiencing God's love. No person can give what only God has to give. So the only place you can get it is from God. And that's why the Bible talks about not just being saved, but being born again, having an experience, being radically changed by this knowledge that leads to a heart that is radically altered by the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now, any love you give not sourced from God is incomplete, and tainted. I know that's hard to hear because we all think that we're loving, but the truth is there is no pure love except for God's love. It will always be laced with some selfish motive that will rear its ugly head when an expectation on the object of love is not met. And we've all experienced that. Somebody says they love us or we love somebody, but we have an expectation that maybe we didn't verbalize and when it doesn't go well, it kind of rears up. And sure enough, it wasn't God's love. It wasn't a self. It was a selfish love that finally manifested. Now, to my single friends, are you out there? You listening to me? All right, my single friends, if you are out there looking for love, the best thing you can do is focus on God's love for you. Now, why do I say that? Because this is studying the original. Remember the dollar bill? The original? This is studying the original so you can discern when the counterfeits show up wearing big smiles, saying nice things to you, and have deep pockets. This will help you live single without regrets, waiting for the one that's actually going to love you with God's love. Also, this will prepare you to love properly with God's love. The spouse God is preparing for you, not expecting them to provide for you what only God can. So God wants to prepare you for them and you waiting for the one that He's preparing for you. And by studying God's pure love, you're going to know it. You're not going to fall um, 
uh, prey to the counterfeits that are out there. Now, next point, God is love. Remember John saying that? God is love. God is love. He wants us to get that. But what it does not say is that love is God. Okay? God is love, but love is not God. What do I mean by that? God is the definition of love. Anything presenting itself as, quote, love, but is devoid of God, or rejects God, or doesn't follow His ways, right? Meaning, if one of us says, I love God, but then we don't live according to His ways, it is a perversion of God's love at best, um, at best, and it will disappoint you. At worst, it's demonic, and it will do what Satan came to do. It will kill, steal, and destroy you if not dealt with. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 lets us know that there are people out there demonically influenced with false motives. It says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So God wants us to be aware of that and know that He is love. He defines it, and everything must come underneath what He says and displays for us. Now, the easiest thing to turn into an idol or a counterfeit God is another human being. This is because all humans are created in God's image with a heart that needs love as well as a capacity to give love. Now, Ecclesiastes 3.11 states it clearly for us what the human heart is capable of and what it needs. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So what that means is you, me, every human being, we have a capacity for love, but that capacity is as big as eternity. And there's only one eternal one who can give you the love that will satisfy you. Some pastors or theologians have said it this way, that every heart has a God-shaped or God-sized hole in it. And that's what that's talking about. Only God can fill that in us. Now, but when, um, when that God-given need for love is not sourced from God, this good thing becomes a God thing, also known as an idol. Idols will always promise to give you life, but only return hurt and death when you feed them. This is why God wants you, because you're the beloved, right? If you're in Christ. This is why God wants you free from idols and counterfeits. He wants to give you pure life and pure love. Now, question, up to this point, as we're talking about God's love for you and what it looks like, where have you received your definition of love? Some places we usually get it are our parents, our family, our community, our classmates, our politics, culture, society, especially media where there's two or three screens in front of us 24-7 if we're not sleeping usually. Now, because humanity is created in God's image, all these outlets have some correct aspects of God's love on display. But because these persons and institutions are not God, they fall short of displaying God's glory and our need for our sincerely love-hungry hearts. So we cannot put that expectation on them, and neither can they fully give it. Now, next point, Jesus is God's love. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is God's love manifest among us. That means that if we ever are wondering or confused about what love is, all we have to do is look at Jesus. 
Thank God the Spirit of God is at work in the earth, and thank God we have the Bible that clearly tells us about the life that displayed the love of God in purity and sincerity and perfection. So now let's look and see what that love manifest looks like, and then we can compare everything else in our lives which present themselves as love and see if they really are. Okay, True love is revealed in the Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself. And we go back to the scripture which says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So what does this tell us about love? It tells us that pure love is a love that God gives and His name is Jesus. That pure love is a love that comes on its own will, that comes on its own desire, that comes and sacrifices expecting nothing in return. And His name is Jesus. God's love is sacrificial and not self-serving. God's love gives life because it covers a multitude of sins. Sins are against God primarily, and so the only one who can forgive sins is God. And God chose to love us and give us life by coming and living a perfect life for us and taking away our sins so that we could have life. So love gives life. Jesus gives life. God's love gives life because it covers a multitude of sins that separate us from God. God's love is undeserved. How do we confirm our status as God's beloved? Well, here you go. You're probably asking yourself that right now. How do I know if I am in God's love? By confessing and accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of the world, we are accepting God's love because Jesus is God's love manifest. If somebody says, I love God, and they're super sincere about it, but they don't accept Jesus Christ, unfortunately, they're misled. Unfortunately, they're confused and they're swayed by some kind of counterfeit love. Because if we do not recognize Jesus Christ as the love of God, and the greatest love is one to give His life for the sins of humanity, we have not recognized true love. So what does love look like? Very simple answer. Most of the time, if you're in church, if the pastor has a question, if you say Jesus, you're probably right 50% of the time. What does love look like? Love manifests as Jesus. We just read it. What does love sound like? Jesus. So if you hear voices in your head, or you hear people talking to you, or somebody says they love you, but their words are not in the character or the spirit of Jesus when you learn about him and the way he deals with us, that is not love. What does love accomplish? Love saves. Love covers a multitude of sins. Does somebody say that they love you, but they're not laying down their life for you? Or they're threatening to leave you? That is not love. That is a counterfeit of love, and it's manipulation. And Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he's trying to do there. Now, in summary, guys, love cannot be purchased. It can only be given. Love cannot be repaid. Why? Because it's priceless. And if we don't recognize it as priceless, then we don't understand it. To attempt to repay it only diminishes its effect in your life. I love how the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 7, puts it. 
It puts it this way. It says, many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. And so it's called love, the true love of God. It is priceless. We cannot even attempt to pay for it or repay it. Love cannot be forced or coerced. It can only be freely given and accepted. I don't know about you, but this is chain-breaking good news for me. And I believe it is for you too. Because if any of us have been, been manipulated by counterfeit gods, but then we hear what love is, that it's freely given, it can't be paid for, it can only be accepted, you are free in the love of Jesus. The Word of God says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've received the free gift of the love and forgiveness that is in Jesus Christ, you are free from counterfeit gods and manipulation that are trying to get you to serve them. And the truth is, too, that that truth is healing for you today. Where your heart has been hurt, and abused by these false loves. He wants to be the balm of Gilead, the Word says, and He wants to knit your heart back together. Or better yet, Scripture puts it this way too, He wants to give you a new heart, a heart that is redeemed and restored and healed so that you can not only have His love, but give His love. This quote from Desiring God um, article says, First, it is impossible to pay God back for all the grace He has given us. We can't even begin to pay Him back. Second, even if we succeeded in paying Him back for all of His grace to us, we would only succeed in turning grace into a business transaction. If we can pay Him back, it was not grace. So the way that we're able to receive God's free gift so we can't pay for it is to just come into the light. Here's how John 3.16 puts it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Wow, praise God, because we would all be up the creek without a paddle if that was the case. But in order that the world might be saved through Him, whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So today, if you're not sure if you've received God's true love, or you're not sure if you've actually been loving people correctly, the answer is come to Jesus. Come, receive His free gift of salvation on the cross. Be forgiven of your sins. Be filled with His Spirit as a free gift. And then overflow with love for others as He overflows you with His love. But you may be asking, now how do we show our gratitude and love God since He has no needs and you can't repay Him for this free gift? Well, we allow His Holy Spirit to work in us to live according to His ways. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And Scripture talks about becoming His disciple and taking up our cross and following Him. 
Now, what is a disciple? Disciples are simply people abiding in God's love, as we talked about, which is Jesus Christ, and sharing that love, which would be sharing Jesus Christ, with others by telling them the good news and living it out and serving them according to God's ways of living. I love what verse 19 says in this scripture. It says, we love because he first loved us. So that's what disciples do. They just share the love, the good news of Jesus, because he's first loved us. A world full of love, because that's what everybody says they want. We just want world peace. We want a world full of love, people doing right by one another. The truth is, is that a world full of love is a world full of Christians. The word Christian means little Christs. This means people that are loving with God's pure, sacrificial love that does no wrong to its neighbor. Little Christs who have accepted God's love in Christ Jesus and are sacrificially sharing God's love in word and deed through the gospel is a world full of love. Now, are you out there sharing this love? Are you out there sharing the gospel with people? Are you living it out? I hope so, but I want to tell you a quick encouraging story. My wife, Evelise, uh, she went out and watered some plants on our deck uh, just yesterday, I think it was. And to be honest, we've been really busy. We had totally neglected these plants. They had all shriveled up and looked like they had been dead for a long time, right? But she felt led to go just put some water on them. And lo and behold, a couple of hours later after putting water on them, whoop, they all started to perk back up. We could not believe it. Guys, that is the power of the gospel. <laughs> that is the power of love. Nobody is too far gone. So guys, I encourage you to go out there and share the gospel. So now, guys, let's pray. And let's ask God to help us receive what only He can give, but then to give what He has given us. Heavenly Father, we cannot repay you for the gift of your love displayed and manifested in Jesus Christ who lived the perfect life for us, who gave His life for the joy set before Him, of bringing you glory and being with us because we'd be saved. Lord, we can't thank you. But Lord, we say thank you. And Lord, we would not dare to try to repay you. God, we ask you to give us belief to just receive by faith what you have done for us, Lord. We would not try to repay you, God. But God, help us to love you in return. Help us now to obey you. And Lord, help us to share this good news of the love of God in Jesus Christ, Lord forsaking all other counterfeit gods that claim to love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, if today you've put your trust and your belief in the love of God in Jesus Christ for the first time, and you've repented of your sins, turned away from uh, perpetuating sin or um, uh, just darkness in general, and you want to live in the light of God, we want to hear from you. Please go to our website. You can go to Second City Church slash New Life. You're also going to see a chat prompt come up in the box where you can raise your hand and we can get in touch with you and help you get started on this new walk. So please do that today. Now we're going to continue to encourage one another in these truths throughout this week as we get together in our community groups. If you've not been able to find one yet, please go to our website where you can find both virtual and in-person options. We just wanted you to know, though, that we'll be praying for you this week, so please do let us know if there's anything at all that we can do for you or ways that we can stand with you. Share this link as an encouragement with those who you also need to hear it, and please do consider who you might also invite next week to our service to also hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Until then, have a great week in the Lord. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon.